Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft goes to the Detroit Pistons. Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Basketball! Select Isaiah Stewart. The Detroit Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, that was absolutely sensational. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. From long range. Pistons fans, welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mike Angolano, and joining me in a duo podcast this week is Jasper Apollonia. Jasper, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Uh, We are missing, unfortunately, our good friend Aaron Johnson this week. A little family emergency, unfortunately. We were wishing him and his family the best, of course, but we soldier on. And uh, we actually have, have some okay things to talk about this week. Pistons won a game, snapped their 14-game losing streak, which was much, much needed. And I have to say, they, they looked like a decent team with that win. It was very reminiscent of last year's team in the sense of the reason they beat the Miami Heat was because they out-hustled them. They outworked them. They did the small things. And... They played a complete team game. They weren't just relying on Jeremy Grant or Cade Cunningham or so-and-so. It was really nice to see, I have to say. Wait, wait, wait. So that means we're not talking about Jared Goff. (laughs) Well, you know what? How about this? We can mention this one little fact, which is, I guess, shocking if you're not a fan of Detroit sports and very, very believable if you are. Yesterday was the first time the Pistons and the Lions have won by double-digit figures on the same day since, guess what year, Mike? Oh, boy. Um, I, 2000. Oh, Mike, nine, I'm going to stop. <laughs> no, I'm going to stop you right there. 1973, my friend. Oh, no. One, nine, seven, three. Like, we're talking barely post Watergate at this point. <laughs> it's that been is impressive. A long, long time, my friend. Um, and it was nice to see both. I don't think either win was necessarily expected. Uh, certainly not the Lions uh, one. No, <laughs> certainly not the Lions one. The Pistons one maybe a little bit more so when uh, you know Max Strauss is the the big guy you have to deal Here's with on the opposing team. Up. Um, that's, that's not so bad, but yeah, 1973. So big, big day for Detroit sports. They really needed that one. Um, we look forward to their next big day next year. (laughs) Yeah. Or Uh, in the next or 50 years from now, whichever comes first. 
Do you know what the Lions are against the spread? They are nine and five. Nine and five. That's that's pretty impressive. I mean, that makes it very difficult to to bet against them, and it makes it makes you think a little bit twice. The record's very deceiving, isn't it? It it is deceiving. But Mike, where it, would I go to like place a bet on the Lions, for example? Jasper, you are way ahead of the game and certainly way way ahead of Aaron and hitting that softball. I just logged up <laughs> to you. Um, the place that you can go to, of course, is bet online. And that's one of the sponsors of our podcast bet online. And they are back and better than ever with a new web interface for the rest of the NBA season or what's left of it before it gets wiped out by COVID plus props, odds, and lines more of them than ever before. Bet online remains the number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season head on over to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use the promo code believe 50 that's b-l-e-a-v five zero and you get your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit from basketball football nhl boxing and ufc right to your favorite vegas casino game don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2021 but online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. And again, that promo code is believe 50 B L E A V five zero get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Thankfully I was able to uh, toss up a little segue there and you're able to nail it. That's a home run. Well, what can I say, Mike? That's a $200,000 worth of education from Syracuse <laughs> university. <laughs> Shout out to the good folks at Newhouse. Appreciate oh, it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Hey, at, at least well we spent. I was going to say we have two sponsors, so uh, you know, I'm getting Something paid. Something is going right. That degree went to use. Something is going right. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, we have more of a rough uh, rough and ready podcast here today. Um a lot of the league is of course uh currently in testing protocols or health and safety protocols uh, depending on what stage. Several teams have outbreaks. Uh, going on, including the Sacramento Kings and the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, amongst many others, many, many players in health and safety. And um, this is a very interesting time for really professional sports in general. The NHL uh, may be going the most extreme route, not allowing travel inside or outside of uh, the U.S. into Canada. Um, I, and I'm, I wonder if the NBA will ever get to that point. Makes a little bit more sense with how many Canadian uh, hockey teams there are compared to basketball. But uh, so a little bit more rough and ready pod. The Pistons, of course, got their win over the Miami Heat. Um, but really, the league is in a sort of weird comatose hiatus, waiting for G League players to run up and join the NBA teams and um, fill out the rosters. Uh, so we're going to cover a couple different topics based around the Pistons, and then we'll jump into maybe some general NBA talk uh, towards, towards the end. But um, Jasper, the Pistons do get that win. You had mentioned a little bit. Um, I want to touch on Sadiq Bey. He's quietly uh, been having a much better run the last three games, uh, over 20 points in all those games, actually 23 or more. He had 26, I believe, against the Heat to lead the Pistons to that win, um, snap their 14-game losing streak. So did you have any other thoughts on that uh, Pistons-Heat game before we sort of jump into some other topics uh, and, and things that we saw happen in that game? Well, first off, it is nice to see that the Pistons are one of the few NBA teams that actually has not been touched by COVID so far this season. It's nice to see the, the, the organization and the players taking some responsibility in that sense. Um, 
for staying healthy and, and being available. That's really been nice to see. <laughs> Although I will say the other day they threw up a lineup of uh, uh, Saban Lee, Corey Joseph, Frank Jackson, Trey Lyles, and Luca Garza onto the floor. And all I could think of was, oh my God, this is the lineup we're throwing out there for a team that doesn't have half the roster out to COVID. Oh boy. Oh boy. That's tough. Um, but yeah, Sadiq Bay has been, I have to say, a real bright spot over the last three games. And Mike, this is something that I've been thinking of and I've seen thrown around on Pistons Twitter a little bit. I'm not so sure this is the case or not yet. It is a small sample size, but there is something to be said about Sadiq Bay doing this with Jeremy Grant out. And, you know, the, the game right after uh, Jeremy Grant got injured against Brooklyn, Sadiq Bay did not have a good game. Uh, only had four points on nine shots, but in the three games since then, 28 points, 23 points, 26 points. Those represent three of his four highest scoring outputs of any game this season. Uh, and not just that, he's looked better. He's looked to have less hesitation. Um, he does noticeably seem to have more confidence out there right now. And my question to you is, how much of that do you think is just, you know, sample size. We're almost 30 games into the season. He's finally starting to hit some shots. Or is that a direct result of Jeremy Grant no longer being on the floor as him at, at, at the same time? I, you know, I think it's a little column A, column B. I remember saying a few podcasts ago that I, I really felt like Sadiq Bey would regress back to the mean. I mean, he was so bad for so many for you know, such a long stretch of the season, it seemed, and um, I, I thought it was a matter of time before we started to get into a little bit more of a rhythm. But it is interesting that it happens with Jeremy Grant leaving the uh, rotation. So you know, maybe that is uh, certainly playing into it. Um, fits his skill set a little bit more to be at the three like that um, with Hamadou Diallo at the four, which we'll get into later. But I, I really think it's a little of column A, column B. You know, he was so so poor. There, there were points where it seemed like he could not get any worse. And I think that that's him coming back up the last three games, starting to play quite a bit better. Um, I mean, he was demonstrably better uh, in this heat game. Um, 26, four and two shot the ball. Well, and he shot better, better than 50% the last three games. It, it, you know, um, I, I, I think it's more of uh, him starting to just simply play better. Uh, but I think the Jeremy Grant thing does impact things, and, and that's going to lead to a, another long podcast somewhere down the road as we get closer to trade season and mm-hmm. Jeremy Grant gets a little bit healthier of what's going to happen to him because it seems like he's certainly on his way out. Um, but, yeah, you know, I him, him being able to shoot the three ball, he was three for six uh, against the Heat. Um, he actually got to the free throw line ten times as well. Um, certainly nice to see. Um, yeah, you know, do you think that that's a direct correlation from Grant being out? I have to say it's, it's weird because you'd think with Jeremy Grant in there, taking some of the pressure off of defenses in some of the same spots on the floor that Sadiq operates on, you would think that that almost make it easier for Sadiq Bey to, to do the role player E things he's supposed to do like catch and shoot threes. But it seems as though it's actually had the opposite effect because look, Mike, I don't think it's just him hitting shots. I do think he looks 
more confident out there without Jeremy Grant on the floor. And we talked about this earlier on in the season, him playing well as kind of the focal point on offense with the backups. Um, so yeah, I, I'm kind of with you there. I do think it's a little bit of column A, column B. I also don't think it's a coincidence that, like you said, he got to the line 10 times last night. Uh, the game against Indiana, he got to the line seven times. You know, those are, again, two of his three greatest outputs in terms of getting to the free throw line. So it seems like his aggressiveness is up. It seems like his hesitation uh, in terms of the catch and shoot threes, especially is down. I can't explain it exactly, but it is different because look, when they had a chance against, um, I want to say it was in the Brooklyn game when, you know, he had a chance to, to tie things up for them and, and at least get them back into the game. He really just, you could just see he didn't have it. He didn't, he didn't have that confidence. And now you're seeing him go out there on the floor and just take the shots that he's supposed to be taking, get to the line, get to the rim. And I can't fully explain it, Mike, but it does seem to, to give him a different level of confidence um, in both of himself and in his teammates as well, because I think he's passing the ball better as well. Maybe it's just, they don't go along well together, but there is something there and look, we're going to have an opportunity to see a larger sample size without Jeremy Grant there because Grant's at least going to be out for the next six weeks. So we will see, um, but I would not be surprised. I will not be surprised whatsoever if Sadiq Bey, I'm not saying he's going to be over 20 points a night, but if he continues this output, I would not be shocked at all. So something interesting, because I'm looking at his game log. So he shot seven free throws against Indiana, like you said. You know the last game he shot seven free throws? It was all the way back against Sacramento. It was. And guess and what? He had and guess what? That... four and three. Yup. Yup. And I think that that is something that you can demonstrably point to when it comes to, okay, Jeremy Grant's not out there. How does that help Sadiq Bay out? I think that they operate in so many of the same places on the floor that they're almost a bit redundant together. And without Jeremy Grant there, Sadiq Bey is able to get to the line more often because he's able to have more room to slash to the basket and drive a little bit more without Jeremy Grant kind of taking up those same spots. So perhaps that's what it is. Perhaps it's sample size. Um, We will get a chance to find out which one of those things is the case, though. Um, But yeah, him getting to the free throw line, I think, is the biggest indicator that Jeremy Grant not being there is directly affecting his game in a positive manner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's jump into um, another sort of tidbit that we've seen over the last couple of games, and that's Hamadou Diallo playing at the four. He had 15, seven and two against the Heat uh, yesterday, seven of 10 shooting. Again, pretty good game. Um, I mean, I thought he was Jeff- their most effective offensive player. I, I know Sadiq had 26. I thought Hamadou Diallo was the most dangerous player on the floor for the Pistons last night. And and that's pretty interesting. And you know, Dwayne Casey hinted at lineup changes maybe even before Jeremy Grant got hurt. Can't remember, but trying to think back to the press conference. He did. He did. It was literally yeah. the game before. It was literally okay. the game before. Um, I'm not sure if he had Hamadou at the four in mind uh, initially. <laughs> maybe losing Jeremy Grant uh, forced his hand a little bit. But what do you think about Hamadou Diallo at the four going forward? For me, I think that that is where he should be playing in the near future, without a doubt. Because, one, he is 
so athletic that it is difficult for opposing force to step up with him. And you saw that really in play last night against the, the Heat. The Heat had no answer for it. When he got going towards the basket, they really had nobody that could step up and guard him. Obviously, part of that is, you know, <laughs> they're missing Kyle, <laughs> they're missing three of their probably four best yeah. players and Tyler right. Hero, Bam Adebayo, and Jimmy Butler. But look, that's what Diallo has to do in order to remain effective. And I think that he's been good enough on the boards as well um, and, and that the players around him are okay enough at rebounding to where you don't have a big drop-off there if you're playing him at the four. Um, I, I think he's been really good. I think he's been effective. Obviously, he's been quite efficient. Um, but the fact that he really only needs the ball in his hands if he's going to be looking to slash the rim and score quickly. I think that's another thing that plays into Sadiq Bay having a little bit more freedom to operate in the spaces he wants to operate on the floor and feeling like he doesn't have to rush his shots, that he can work his game as well. Because, look, Diallo is a very, very simple player at this point in his career, and that's kind of what you need from an NBA four in 2021. You, you don't need somebody that's going to post up five, six, seven, ten times a game. You need somebody that's just going to give you efficient offense and be able to stand in front of whoever they're guarding and switch on, on pick and roll. So I think Diallo's done a really good job of that. Uh, his defense has also been acceptable to my, to, to my eyes. So if I'm Dwayne Casey, I'm not looking to switch him out of that anytime soon. The other option is Trey Lyles in the starting lineup. So that's a non-starter. <laughs> I was going to say it helps that the Pistons don't have somebody to play the force, but they just need to have yeah. a revolving door of people. So that will be the interesting four things. That will be the interesting thing when they do get back Kelly Olynyk. How does that rotation switch up? Because if I'm being honest, one of those two guys should be the starter. And I kind of right now I'm of the impression that perhaps Hamadou Diallo is the one because, you know, Olenek needs the ball in his hands a little bit more. Maybe it makes more sense to stagger those minutes so he can be on the, on the bench uh, as their center and give you some different looks there. So we'll see. Um, but as of right now, I think it's pretty much been a success, Hamadou Diallo at the four. Yeah, you know, we had said a while ago, when we were talking about the lack of bigs on this roster, that Dwayne Casey was going to have to get um, creative, especially when it's a matter of trying to find some offense and Hamadou Diallo being able to um, whip around the floor a lot faster and um, do non four things to kind of mess up uh, the opposing defenses. Sometimes how they're going to have to, you know, work, um, we didn't know if it would be Hamadou Diallo. I think we kind of thought Josh Jackson could be it. And then he didn't play at all uh, yesterday. He didn't log a single minute. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that progresses moving forward. And yeah, we don't have an update on Kelly Olynyk, do we? No, I don't believe we're going to get one for another week. I, I think we were supposed to get a, the, the, like the December 26th. Yeah, he like should that. be. He was out six weeks and that was pretty close to six weeks ago, maybe four or five at this point, maybe even more. And it, it doesn't really matter if we're being honest. It, 
<laughs> it's just one of those things where they go, look, it's six weeks. He'll be reevaluated. Whenever they do, they're they're certainly not going to be rushing him back. Right. At this point, there's yeah. not really much reason to. Um, but it would be nice to see him back out on the floor because I know Trey Lyles actually had a, a solid game last night, but he's been pretty much horrible for, for most of the season. Uh, again, last night he was good. Um, but that that's just one game. It's not working with Trey Lyles, especially when he has to play the backup center. That is like, oh boy, what are we doing here? Yeah. And it's not Dwayne Casey's fault. He doesn't really no, have, in, in nope, fairness, he doesn't have options. So, you know, yeah, he is handle. Uh, he is handed and has to use the team that he has been given, and that's uh, something that we have questioned uh, quite a bit lately is the roster construction. But let's. Let's switch gears um, to Kate Cunningham. Uh, he only had four points yesterday. He had four points, three boards, 10 assists. Um, good. But prior to that, um, he had a 10-game stretch where he scored in double figures in all of those games. He had 10 straight games of 10 points or more in those 10 games, which were all Pistons losses. But I digress. He averaged 20 points, six boards, 4.7 assists per game uh, with a pretty decent steal percentage um, and a fairly high usage rate as well. Um, and then somewhere in the 92nd ish percentile, 42% from three and 44% from the floor. So he had a really nice 10 game stretch. Um, it didn't result in any wins, but that's um, that's a team uh, sort of influence, not just to keep Cunningham. So um with Evan Mobley now out in health and safety protocols, unfortunately, and Jalen Green pretty much out of the race entirely because of his hamstring strain. You know, looking at rookie of the year, um, Kate Cunningham's kind of injected himself back into the into the race, into the conversation at least, right? Oh, no question. No question. And look, last night he only had four points, but guess what? He had 10 assists and he had 11 assists the game before that. So he's finding it more easy to be a playmaker when teams are – like last night, literally triple teaming him. Um, and you could see he was getting very frustrated with that. That's something that he's going to have to learn to deal with. It's something that he's going to have to adjust his game to. It, you definitely can see why teams would do that. It's not like there's a whole bunch of other options for the Pistons on offense. Right. But I thought uh, he and, did a good... And... I'm sorry, no, go please. ahead. No, 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 after you. Well, well, you know, and his turnovers are high. And... He is, I mean, his, his turnover percentage in, in that 10-game stretch was, you know, 18%. That's not the greatest. That's somewhere in the 20th percentile. It's, it's pretty bad. He had a turnover percentage of 30% yesterday, you know, against the Heat. Still high. But, again, that's a product of him being hot, being a good shooter, and there's also very limited offensive options. So teams yeah. can hone in on him a lot more, and it, it's a matter of him learning how to um, get out of those situations find the open man or at least kick it back out to restart you know the set um not quite there yet but again it's a it's a product of the pistons not really having the personnel to do anything uh to counteract that no and and it's funny whenever you get somebody who's not somebody that watches the pistons regularly a national person they watch them and it feels as though every single time somebody does they end up tweeting out Oh, now I get why Kate is second in the list, has all these potential assists. Got right. it. I got it. No one can hit a shot on this team. Right. Um, 
I, look, I'll say this. I think that over the last two games, yeah, he did turn over the ball, you know, four assists, la- four turnovers last night, three the night before, but I'll take a 21 to seven assist to turnover ratio, especially when you add in that he had four steals on top of that over the last two games. I will take right. that any day of the week. And that's just part of what happens when you're a young point guard on a team without much skill. You're just, you're going to turn over the ball. We knew this was going to happen. Even coming into the draft, that was the number one knock on Cade was one, is he athletic enough? Two, the turnovers. So this isn't a surprise. I think the way you have to look at it, if you are watching the Pistons is A, you know, he has at least one nine steal, at least one steal in each of his nine last games. That's really good. Um, He's also, you know, has all these assists that start to get racked up over these last couple games as well. And he's scoring a lot more easily. He's scoring more efficiently. It's not a surprise that he's working his way back into the rookie of the year race. And as of right now, I think it's a four-man race. For me, it's Cade, Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley, and a guy that we weren't super high on coming out of the draft, Franz Wagner, uh, who has been, I think, a really, really great piece for the Orlando Magic this yep. year. He's doing a little bit of it all. I, I know, Mike, you and I, we kind of agreed on this. We saw him as like a, a super role player, like a poor man's Andre Iguodala coming out of the draft. And I don't know if poor man yeah. is the word I would use to describe it because he's been just really, really good. Yeah, he's been really good. He looks a lot bigger and stronger. Maybe I just wasn't watching him Michigan basketball. He looks bigger. Oh, he's than he is. When he was at Michigan. He is bigger. He's grown yeah. probably two inches. Probably two inches since he since he started at Michigan. He's he's big. Um, and boy, he's just he can do it all. And that's the cool thing about all four of those guys is they're all kind of showing you a complete skill set. Evan Mobley obviously has been yeah. fantastic on both ends of the floor. I wouldn't say he's the reason the Cavaliers have been so good. I think that lies more on Darius Garland and and Jared Allen's shoulders, but he has been very good for them. Uh, Scotty Barnes, same thing. And Cade, like we said, is working his way back into it. That's the guy I would not be surprised if by the end of the year, even though his numbers in terms of efficiency are not as good as the other three guys, I would not be surprised if at the end of the year he has the highest number of counting stats among them and also matches up pretty well in terms of efficiency, because you're really seeing him come on, especially over these last like 12 games. Yeah, he has been, um, um, I mean, they were all losses again, but still very fun to watch. And we've, we've said this the whole season that, you know, (laughs) it was going to be a tough watch, but watching Kate Cunningham at, you know, at least is, 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 is worth it. But let's, let's look at the other, uh, point guard in the backcourt there for Detroit, and that's Killian Hayes. Um, we seem to have this conversation every couple of weeks. You know, <laughs> people are up and down on Killian. He did have eight, four, and 10 in that loss to Houston. He had 11 points against Miami. That was his first double digit outing since the beginning of the month. Um, since the 2nd of December, he had 10 points as well. So, the offense is raw, to say the least. Um, there seems to be trepidation from a lot of his shot taking. Um, I see him go up for layups and kind of do weird stuff. 
to try and get a shot up or just he kicks it out for some reason. Um, what sort of offensive output uh, do you need to see out of Killian Hayes to where we can think, okay, this is a competent pairing that we can have in our backcourt for the future, or is it just not going to happen? I mean, his offensive stats are, I can't tell if it's a mental thing or if it's a poor scheme, you know, Kate Cunningham commands the ball a lot and Killian's just not an off ball player yet. Um, I don't know exactly know what it is. Uh, maybe he'll never get to that point. And I keep reminding myself, he's only, you know, 20, 20 years old yeah. and coming off of injuries in his rookie year. But, you know, what do you need to see moving forward from him to think, okay, we might have something in the backcourt. Um, what signs do you need to see? I, I just need to see more games like last night. I don't need him to put up 20 points. That's not what I need from Killian Hayes. There's other ways you can get that kind of offense. What I need him to do is when there are looks available to him, he needs to take them. I guess for me, I'm less concerned about the efficiency even for the rest of the year and even going into next season. I'm more worried about it's kind of the same thing with Sadiq Bay, where it was like, dude, I just need you to just shoot the ball. Like when you get the ball and you're open, shoot it, take the shot. That's all you need to do because the rest of it will all come along with them. Uh, it's one of the things that I loved about Cade Cunningham, even while he was struggling with his shot over the first few games, he just kept shooting. He didn't care. He said, look, I know I'm a good shooter. So I'm going to keep shooting. And if you're not going to guard me out of the three-point line, okay, I'll take the open shot. And now you're seeing from Cade Cunningham, he's shooting, what, in the mid, the mid-40s from outside over his last, uh, last 10 or so games. So now defenses have more to, to deal with. They have to cover him. For me, Killian Hayes is exactly in the same boat. He just needs to take these shots. Once he does, once he starts being more aggressive on offense, I think it's going to be the type of thing that you see where, you know, defenses are going to have to step up to him in the lane. Opposing centers are going to have to put a body on him when he's driving to the rim. Opposing point guards are going to have to put a hand up when he's on the outside. And that's going to open up the, the part of his game that you really rely on Killian Hayes for, which is that being that off ball facilitator being a good defensive presence, being the guy that calms down the offense and does all the little things right. He's done a way better job of that over the last two games. I thought he was really good at that against Houston. Obviously, the shot wasn't falling, but his assist numbers were fantastic. Yep, still looked okay. Yeah, and the opposite was true last night where, yeah, he wasn't facilitating quite as much, but when he got open shots into the lane when he drove and Kyle Lowry wasn't putting a body on him, Killian Hayes just went up with it. And guess what? He looked good. He made some shots. That's all he needs to do right now. I don't need to necessarily see the efficiency. I don't need to see 15 points a game. I just need to see 10 points a game. That's it. And if you can give me that kind of offensive output, I think that you, as a player, are enough of a threat next to Cade Cunningham. And defensively, Killian is so, so, so good when he's on that you can create a backcourt that is just going to wreak havoc on opposing teams. Um, 
that's really what it comes down to for me. For yeah. Killian. I don't know about you, Mike. Well, what I just don't want to see is anything dull. I just don't want to see dull things. And mm. I'm not going to find any dull, dull things if, if I use Lightbox lab-grown diamonds. Uh, say goodbye to dull I, You didn't hear it. I just chef's kissed to the mic. I, was, I, I didn't know if it was a chef's kiss or if it was a click of the tongue like a, oh, Lord. <laughs> no, 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 no. The, the master is back, folks. Say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques. They've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but just are grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off, priced so they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. And uh, by the looks of the date on my MacBook Air here, you are uh, running out of time, folks, quickly. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. Mike, I want to talk about one more bright spot, if you'll pardon the pun, from last night's game with Killian. He got to the line four times. And that is a part of what I think we're talking about when we say aggressiveness and part of why he just needs to put shots up at a certain point is folks, Killian Hayes is a 92% free throw shooter for the season. He's missed two all year. He's missed a total of two free throws. Um, So, you know, you can talk about the efficiency from outside. You can talk about the efficiency at the rim, but the fact of the matter is if he gets to the, free throw line he's gonna make the shots and there's nothing more efficient than a 92 percent free throw shooter that's another right. aspect of his game that he definitely needs to be leaning into more if he right. can just get to the line man like you don't need to give me 10 12 shots a game if you're getting to the line four or five times a game because that's and, just an easy five points and and sometimes getting to the line is you know when a when a good shooter is having a rough night that's that's the tool they go back to from their toolbox to start to right the ship. They get to the free throw line, they see the ball go through the net, and sometimes that's that's the you know the click that they need to start to shoot better, get more aggressive. And we've talked with this with Killian for it seems like five years, and he's like twenty years old, but it's only been like a couple of months really. We <laughs> just want him games. to be more. I know we just want him to be more aggressive and 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 get to the free throw line, that's a, that's a great tool to use. He is an excellent free throw shooter. Um, we just want to see that aggression more. So I guess in terms of an offensive standpoint, I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit. I, I just want to see good offense in the backcourt between him and Kate Cunningham, whether that's him helping to facilitate things, whether that's him trying to be a little more aggressive to open things up a bit, because that's ultimately what's going to, you know, suck a defense in and allow Sadiq Bay and Cade to, you know, have – some more clean looks from deep. Um, the aggression, I, I think, is still what I would like to see. I mean, that those four free throw attempts, that's equal to the amount of free throws he's taken in the last, let, let's see, six games. Yeah, so wow. four. I mean, that's he took none against Houston and Indiana. He took two against Brooklyn, none against the Pelicans, two against Washington. So, I mean, 
he needs to try to get to the line a little bit more just to see what happens on the offensive side. Maybe it's what he needs to see, just the ball go through the hoop. Or again, like I said, kind of, you know, sucks a defense inward and allows your offense a little bit more room to breathe. But I guess I would just like to see the aggression out of him. Yeah. Um, but, well, you know what, Mike? Nothing you, else. You wanted to say, you, you asked me, like, what kind of numbers do I want to see from Killian Hayes? Here's what I want to see from him. Get to the line four times a game. That's it. That's that's all yeah. I want to see from him. If sure. he's doing that three and a half times, four times per game next year, you know what? I'm not going to be worried because I know that the rest of his game will come along. If that's the case, if he's getting to the line at that kind of a rate, then the rest of his game will be fine. Because look, other than scoring, is there anything Killian Hayes is not good at? He's a tremendous passer. He's a tremendous defender. He's a good he really rebounder is. for a guard. He's he's uh, he has yep, good leadership good skills, great size, good leadership skills. What is he bad at other than scoring? I can't think of a single thing. Genuinely, I mean, look, he's cut his turnover numbers in half this year. He, he's only turning it over one and a half times your game. So yeah. I, I don't really have many criticisms of right. him other than the scoring. So. Look, if he's getting to the line four times a game, three times a game, that means that he's being more aggressive. That means that he is pressuring the defense, and it means that he's making demonstrable strides in the one area of his game that he needs to improve upon. It's probably the most important thing that he, you know, that that a player that's struggling in the way that he is right now needs to improve on. Mm-hmm. But I think it's very, very doable. I really do because he's if got he, the size. He's got he attempts, the skills. If he attempts five free throws, that's a career high. Wow. Wait, that's a career. He's never even shot five free throws in a game. Nope. I'm looking through here on uh, cleaning the glass. And he's attempted four free throws three times this year. I'm looking back to last year. Two, 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 one, two, and then yeah, two. Five free throws would be his career high attempted. Wow. Wow. I mean, yeah, but that, but that right there just says it all because it's like, Hey, if you can just get me those shots, and even if you just leave the, like your field goal attempts still stay at like seven per game. If you can just get to the line three more times per game, you're adding an extra three points. And now guess what? We're at 10 points per game. And on, on not the line three times at six points. That's what I'm saying. It's like, <laughs> there's, there's a yeah. reason that this is the number one thing you can improve upon. And he doesn't need to be shooting 45% from the floor. Even he doesn't even need to be shooting yeah. 42% from the floor. If he can do all those other things and just get to the line and shoot free throws at a 90% clip, he'll be fine. And I'll have no issue in giving him yet another year to grow with Kate Cunningham. But right. look, if he can't, if he can't do that, then of course you need to start thinking either a, this is a bench player. Or B, we need to just move on entirely. Yeah, um, I would this be more to apply some rim pressure. Would be yeah, a I mean, good for, start for me. I would prefer to to keep him around and put him on the bench because I think anytime you have a player that can create for others and also play really good defense, that's somebody on that you want on your team at some point. I think of uh, Lindsey Hunter is actually I think a great example in Pistons lore of a player who was just like that, not a great scorer by any means, not very efficient, but boy, did he help them win some games. 
When because was Lindsey he... Hunter drafted? Oh, of 90, ooh, 96? When, when in the, when, when in the draft? Oh, 94 he was drafted. Um, he was a first rounder, wasn't he? I'm, I'm actually trying. Oh, he's to the 10th pick, 10th pick overall. There yeah, you go. 10th pick overall, yep. You know, and look, was he, that's another example of a guy who might've been miscast as a starter, but he Perhaps, sure was yes. a, but he sure was a useful backup, wasn't he? So sure. Absolutely. If I I look at Killian and I say, Hey, look, just be more aggressive, get to the line, do more of that stuff. And I really do believe the rest of his game will, will come along because overall, I think he has actually been a positive player this year for the Pistons, but what he's doing just isn't enough without the scoring period. Period. End of sentence. Jasper, this has been a good podcast. Do you have anything else that you want to touch on? Um, I know that the NBA, like we said earlier, is a little bit in in flux because of so many guys out with COVID and games being pushed back. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on with the Pistons? Miraculously, they haven't been touched by COVID. Knock on wood. I'm knocking on my wood desk. I'm knocking on my my exposed brick wall. Not to brag or anything. Whoa. Um, No, I'm kidding. Um, look, hey, I have to say, uh, Frank Jackson, that's another guy that I think we haven't talked about really, but he's mm-hmm. been really useful for the Pistons. Um, and I'm also interested to see over these next couple of weeks how the Saban Lee, Corey Joseph playing time situation uh, plays out because they've kind of been switching off in terms of one guy has an okay game, the other guy has a crappy game. Um, you know, that, that third point guard so to speak position i'm intrigued to see how that plays out for the rest of the season because boy i'm so ready to move on from Corey joseph as i think all of us are yeah and what makes it even harder is that saban lee's done everything right in the g league you know he's clearly a guy who does not need to be in you know in the g league yep hey but we i know what i'll say this it's nice to have aaron johnson and and our other contributors covering the G League, covering the cruise, or not the cruise. Um, you know, it's <laughs> excuse me. Um, it's been nice to see, and uh, we are looking forward to that that Isaiah Livers um, profile coming from from Aaron as well. I'm really looking forward to reading that. So yes, absolutely. We'll absolutely, have more yeah. on Saban Lee and Luca Garza and all of everybody's favorite G League uh, G Leaguers, including Davida Servitas, who. He's been uh, playing well as well. So, yes, yes, definitely. And please be on the lookout for that. Again, we do have written content as well at houseofpistons.com. Haven't done a roundtable in a bit, but might have to dust off the roundtable and try to get everyone back and involved in that. Um, Love it. Like Jasper said, uh, covering the uh, G League as well, the Motor City Cruise. So, please give us a look on our website and uh, all of our written content in addition to uh, the Palace of Pistons podcast. So, um, that's going to do it for this edition of the podcast. We'd like to thank our sponsors again, Bet Online. Uh, again, you can use the promo code Leave Fifty and get fifty percent off your first deposit. Um, Bet Online is where the game starts. And to our other sponsor, Believe or I'm sorry, Lightbox. Um, again, goodbye to those dull gifts and Lightbox diamonds. Never a dull uh, moment. Jasper, thank you very much for joining me, and I'm your host, Mike Milano. Thank you guests and listeners for all uh, uh all of the listening that you've done we really do appreciate it a lot we'd love to see those numbers go up and we'd love 
to provide you um, Pistons content. Now that they are back in the win column, maybe you'll you know, ignite a little bit of uh, uh, energy. Uh, let's get that parade going. Energy. Yes, let's, let's get, get the parade ready. started, baby. Bet- bet- between the Lions and the Pistons winning, um, we're, we're on the road to recovery, I think. Um, so that's going to do it. Once again, thank you all for listening to the latest edition of Palace Pistons Podcast, and we'll see you all next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.